Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everybody? Hope you guys are doing well. It is your boy, Isaac Ike Feldman, back for another Ike Dagon episode. The fights are back. What was it, a three or four week hiatus? But they are back. We saw last week Magomed Ankalaev versus Johnny Walker. We saw Jim Miller extend his was it record setting all time UFC wins. Now he sits atop the entire company. With 26 career UFC wins. Incredible. I believe that is 43 appearances. Do the math. You figure out the wins loss. Andre Arlovsky. Facing Waldo Acosta. Did not get the win. But man. In his 40s. Former UFC champion. From about 20 years ago. Andre Orlowski still doing the damn thing. So respect to those vets and respect to Uncle Live. This was a rematch and he left no doubt about it. I believe now he's extended his win streak in the light heavyweight division to about nine wins. Look absolutely Incredible, very calm, very relaxed, found his spot, and then just hit the gas, got it done, closed the night. Johnny Walker, who is now under the tutelage of the great John Cavanaugh, straight blast gym in Ireland. Walker's got to get back to the drawing board. Maybe he's one of those guys that just figures it out later in his career. I mean, we saw light heavyweights who became champions in their 40s or near their 40s, like Glover Teixeira, uh, Jan Blahovich, Daniel Cormier. So I'm not going to rule Johnny Walker out. You know, it's one of those things that maybe he gets a little wiser. Maybe the physical athletic tools start to wind down, but the mental and wisdom tools start to wind up. I am, uh, I'm not counting them out. No doubt about it. Shoutouts to Bueno, excuse me, Bruno Ferreira. Knocked out Phil Hawes. Phil Hawes is no easy out and no slouch. Uh, so, some good fights, solid fights, some big names, legends of today competing. And, uh, yeah. Let me just uh let me just move on already, man. I am freaking pumped for UFC 297 today. Unless you're in California, then it, it's about like 43 minutes before you can consider it today, or Hawaii, I guess, or China. What when does it reset? Like when is the uh? When is it no longer yesterday if you're going from New York? I wonder. 
is China is is Russia in yesterday? Is China in Russia in yesterday? Asia, India, when does it stop? Because uh, Europe is six or seven hours ahead. So at, at one point, where does it flip flop? Maybe around Australia, actually, because aren't they aren't they like twelve hours ahead? So maybe that's exactly where it resets once you get to the oceanic area. Regardless, freaking regardless. The last time we Sean, Shaw, saw Sean Strickland, he was in the Oceanic District of the World, beating down Israel Adesanya, UFC, was it 293? Uh, incredible performance. Absolute masterclass. Looked phenomenal with the defensive striking and then the offensive pinpoint accurate sniping on his part a lot of people disrespected Sean when we saw how he fared against Alex Pajeda but turns out he lost to one of the greatest fighters of all time you know if he's top 25 top 50 that's considered one of the greatest fighters of all time so Alex Pajeda is no joke and Sean Strickland lost to him so Respect to that. Wasn't a shabby loss. Strickland now is clicking on all cylinders physically. I don't know so much about mentally. You know, we obviously saw the press conference around the UFC 296 week. And then the, the fight in the stands. Not a good look. Not fun to see. Uh, I know it's going to sell promotionally, but it's like, all right, and nobody got hurt. Uh, okay. Uh, and now they're they're shaking on it. And Strickland now in Canada, uh, a very liberal country, and apparently he has strong thoughts towards communities, and he was asked about said communities in a press conference, which in my opinion has nothing to do with the fights. Uh, it was more of a political issue and more of a political debate that uh, could have been had maybe in a podcast uh, setting, interview setting, but to do it on the Fight Week media scrum was uh, a little selfish by the reporter, in my opinion. And... Uh, lowbrow and uh yeah but Sean Strickland and Drekus Duplessis are in good terms with each other uh there's video of them shaking hands and not having beef um, so that's good but Sean Strickland during his press conference like had another handshake with Duplessis and said we are going to war brother let's make this a bloodbath five rounds ahead but we all know that Sean Strickland is going to use his incredible Philly Shell boxing style to protect himself 
from Duplessis Wild Man stuff. But what Sean Strickland doesn't know is that Duplessis is a no-joke bloke. He's a guy that is going to rip and rocket punches, big overhands, big sweeping hooks. Not the cleanest, not the most accurate, not the most precise or pinpoint sniper-like strikes like a Sean O'Malley or Sean Strickland or Conor McGregor or Dustin Poirier. No, I see Duplessis' comparison like uh, maybe like Yoel Romero explosive strong fast powerful great grappling as well yeah he's uh he's south africa's yoel romero um yeah i but you gotta remember yoel romero has cracked some people he's cracked izzy he's cracked people simply for for being explosive and That gotten Yoel pretty freaking far. Does it get Duplessis with the title around his waist? I say it's a 50-50 right now. I don't like that Sean Strickland's mind is all over the place. He's fighting his opponent, shaking his hand with his opponent. He's fighting Canada's media. Uh, just, just a little exhausting. And God bless him. He doesn't have kids. doesn't have a wife. So maybe he is just geared up and has this extra energy that he is just kind of trying to center himself by getting it out. Uh, maybe some other champions like an Israel Asanya or a Robert Whitaker, for example, or Anderson Silva, George St. Pierre, they tend to be more reserved and conserve their energy. I don't agree with Sean Strickland just blurting out exactly how it feels from his heart because that can be exhausting because you're saying what you mean and you mean in what you say um, he's got a world title defense on the line this puts Sean Strickland in the title books not just that he pulled off some miracle flying to the region of Israel Adesanya and shutting Adesanya out on the scorecards this win over Duplessis would put him, cement him in the record books in the middleweight division and would gain the respect of everybody. The scary part is, uh, does his ego just incredibly go through the roof like, I did it, I proved everybody wrong. Now you have to listen to my political opinions as well. Maybe. He's going to have a bigger platform with the win. In my opinion, I think it's 50-50. I think it's a... It's a great stylistic battle. I think it will be a battle of will, heart, and guts in the first round. I can see Duplessis cracking Strickland, and we've never seen Strickland have to really battle through adversity. Either he's dominating his opponent or he's getting dominated. We've never seen him really fight through adversity. And uh, I think that reporter who stirred the pot with Strickland is ready to call him a coward and 
just spike the ball if Strickland gets KO'd. And that's not fair. It's not fair for Strickland to use his platform uh, to, I mean, I guess, yes. He could use his platform for whatever the hell he wants as long as it's not literally hurting anybody. Some people see it as hate speech. I see it as ignorant. Um, I would love for him to kind of de-escalate this situation. Use his platform to say, hey, I was I was amped up. I was in the wrong situation at the wrong time uh, to really pull a Connor. That's the best part about Connor McGregor in the press conferences. He won like a champ. He lost like a champ. That 2014 to 2016 Connor should be the MMA playbook for anybody who plans on being a champion or who is a current champion. Everybody should refer to how Conor McGregor handled himself in all sorts of situations. And I would love for Sean Strickland to use his platform for good. For example, I'm probably the biggest Khabib fan I know. Uh, Yeah, I I respect the man. I respect the man the way he carries himself, the way he lives his lifestyle, his loyalty... His consistency. Um, I respect him for many things. Uh, the one thing I do not respect Khabib for is the way he handled the victory against Conor McGregor. He could have just face cranked him, pushed him off, and then get his victory announced by Bruce Buffer and his hand raised in a jam-packed T-Mobile arena. Nope. Instead, his ego and his anger took over, and he wanted blood. He wanted blood after fighting four-plus rounds against one of the greatest fighters of all time in Conor McGregor. Khabib wanted more, and instead he could have got more with less. He... A lot of people probably see him as a bully and poor Connor, uh, UFC's poster boy Connor. He, he'll he be back. Like a, a lot of sympathy for Connor McGregor's character because, again, not too many people are watching everything that I'm watching when it comes to mixed martial arts, UFC, and the media. A lot of people will just see what happens on fight night or see the highlight of Khabib winning and then 15 seconds later jump in the cage. They will not see the lead up that led to that rage that was boiling inside of Khabib's heart. That he was angered by the comments of McGregor. Nobody cares. Nobody sees that. I continuously address people about that situation by saying, I'm so glad that Khabib won because if Conor McGregor won, that could have been horrible for the generation of fighter that was to come after. The generation that I get to train with and 
talk with on a weekly basis, that could have been really, really bad. He still has an influence. Believe me, uh, he's pushed a lot of people to get in there. And people are still emulating Conor McGregor's entertainment value of things with the outfits, the confidence speak, uh, instead of just being themselves. That is himself. Uh, it Don't imitate, just be yourself. My point is, if McGregor won after saying all those horrible, hate-filled words towards Khabib, that could have been bad. That could have been like the bully wins in the end. The villain wins in the end. Like a like a dark comic book, basically. But he didn't. All was right in the universe. And everybody just saw a, an angry Muslim jump in the cage. That's... Uh, that's the ignorant layman's side of it. And it's sad. That's why I really wish Khabib just took the win and bowed out of the stadium. Uh, he could have done something. And he is a humble guy. And he speaks from the heart. And he was standing up for his father. But he could have just, he could have talked with Joe Rogan from the heart. And I think that would have been more impactful than selfishly trying to take down Dylan Dennis and the whole McGregor clan. So, my point. Sean Strickland. He's got a lot of fire under his tuchus right now. Is he going to win or lose like a champion or is he going to win or lose like a coward we will see he is facing Yoel Romero 2.0 in my opinion and a lot of people would say well Yoel wrestled to a silver medal in the Olympics I don't think Duplessis did that well uh, tell me the last takedown that Yoel had come on now come on now that man uses wrestling defensively and for scrambles. It's a very, very interesting mental side to things that I'm very fascinated to see. The co-main event, Raquel Pennington, whom I had the... Uh, the good fortune to talk with uh, a couple days ago is taking on Myra Bueno Silva. Um, pump for this fight. It is a vacant, vacant uh, UFC bantamweight fight. And no Nunez, no problem. Juliana Pena on the horizon. Could it be late spring? Could it be July? Very excited to see Myra Buena Silva. If you don't know, she's another strong young Brazilian with power and jiu-jitsu skills, but undisciplined. Does she put it all together for UFC 297? Maybe. 
but she is facing a lifetime martial artist who has been grinding and grinding and grinding for over 10 years in the UFC, who has fought the best of the best, no joke, the best of the best that the UFC bantamweight division has to offer. Raquel Pennington, it is her time. Raquel Rocky Pennington. Now, I didn't like the, hey, can't understand ya, speak English, the whole pot shots she was taking towards Bueno Silva. I think it's incredible uh, if anybody can speak more than one language. Um, you got to respect that. There's no need to, again, low-brow pot shots. But <sighs> Raquel has earned much leeway. I respect her. I respect her partner. Tisha Torres, two grinders, two fighters that have been in the UFC for a long time, Colorado-based. Colorado is an underrated martial arts scene. Can Raquel make it the crowning moment of her career so far? Can she? I believe yes. I believe yes. It's going to be a great fight. And uh, there's a couple of other fights. Neil Magny, does he just extend his uh, all-time UFC welterweight victories uh, against Mike Malott? Mike Malott is fighting in his home country. He's like the Mario Lemieux of fighting, and if that's so, then he gets the job done over Neil Magny. Neil Magny trying to bounce back from his UFC 292 loss to Ian Machado Gary, where he did take it on short notice, and he has had a full training camp against Mike Malott. Will Mike Malott assert himself? As the next jujitsu ace in the welterweight division. No Damian Maya, no problem. Sean Brady's on the rise. Mike Malott is on the rise. Very, very fun fight to see. And the fight prior, extremely fun as well. Chris Action Man Curtis. Now I hope Chris can just keep Sean cool all week, all training camp. Just keep him cool. Be that guy that is just the lean on me guy. The guy that Strickland can lean on. Uh, Curtis and Nixick, if they can just be the, the good angel on Sean's shoulder and just remind him everything that he has done, everything that he has changed in his life to get to his point. The stories of him being a skinhead growing up in a neo-Nazi environment, you hope that Chris Curtis and Eric Nixick can remind Sean Strickland that he's worked so hard to put that behind him. Yeah, he still has problems with uh, homophobia. Um, but you hope that Chris Curtis, Coach Eric Nixick, can 
guide Sean beautifully. And almost as beautifully as Chris Curtis boxing. Man, Mark andre Barriot, Canada's own. He's kind of a heavy prodder. Doesn't do anything that jumps off the page at you. But Chris Curtis is just... When he's on, it's beautiful to see. Not many punchers in the entire UFC go to the body like Chris Curtis. He needs five rounds, all right? He, he just, he figures, he takes a round or two to figure out his opponent. And by the time he does, it's too late. He's winning always the, the final round. Nobody, I think he's undefeated in the final round. He is the Khabib of the third round. Get that man in a five-round fight, but... He's got to turn it up. He's got to make adjustments. He's got to make adjustments. Nobody feels bad that he's not getting these decision victories. So he's got to make adjustments. You know Mark andre is coming out confident and excited. I am very excited about the first fight on the UFC 297 main card. Arnold Allen versus Mosvar Ivloyev. Ivloyev is a combat sambo fighter. We all know how great they are. Uh, and he's Russian-based. He might be connected to the Fedor team, uh, Vadim Nemkov team. He's not one of the Dagestani guys. Uh, it would be uh, it'd be lovely to see Ivloyev versus... Bryce Mitchell, that'd be a fun fight. Arnold Allen is a guy who does not want to tangle with Evloyev. Uh He would lose that. Uh, Arnold Allen has heavy hands at a great pace and is well-built. So it's a stylistic clash. It's the less box office version of Strickland Duplessis. You have the grappler going against the striker, to put it simply. Obviously, Allen is a lot looser with his boxing than Strickland. And Evloyev doesn't finish as many opponents. Uh, I believe Evloyev, is he undefeated? He might be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still undefeated, 17-0. and 0. And the last time he finished, somebody was not in the UFC. It was uh, five and a half years ago. Uh, yeah, yeah. So decision. He's had a ton of decisions. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven straight decisions since he's joined the UFC. But hey, the the goal is to win. He's done nothing but win since he's joined the UFC. Arnold Allen on the other side yep wow yeah that's good for him his last loss was uh about 10 months ago to max holloway and it's good that he took off a lot of time before that he hadn't lost for nine years so he sounds in great spirits. Arnold Allen is a great interview. 
really cool guy. So very excited to to see that fight. Yeah, guys, I'm uh I'm very excited for this card. Um, uh, solid uh, prelims. I think the uh the main card is excellent. Very excited about it. Should be action packed. Maybe all decisions. Uh, no joke. And if we're going decisions, I might have to go with uh, Evloyev, uh, Chris Curtis, maybe Mike Malat's the only one who gets the finish, and Raquel, and man, I just hope Sean is humble. I I just hope he's humble if he wins. That's it. That's it. Use your platform to be humble, my friend. Or you will get humbled. So, your boy, Isaac Ike Feldman, is out. I'm ready about to knock out right about now. Go to sleep. Get up, training. Get up, train up. Put your gear on. Get up, train up. That's right. Put your gear on. Very excited. Doing the damn thing. More physical test on the horizon, which y'all know I am very excited about always. So, till then, take care. Good night. I love you guys. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.